I would like to extend Christian greetings to each one here this morning. Greet each one in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I trust He is the reason we're here this morning. For this morning's message, I chose one word for a title, if you will. And that word is influence. Interesting word. Um, there's many things that influence our lives, that have influenced our lives to get us here today, that continue to influence us, that guide us on a daily basis. The definition for the word influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something, or the effect itself. The capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something, or the effect itself. I broke it up into three different sections, the message into three different sections this morning. The first one is, how are we influenced? And then I'll look a little bit at, how do we influence others? What influence do we have? And then the last one is, living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. If you stop and think about why you're here this morning, you can, for many of us, we think back to coming to church as long as we can remember. The influence was there from our parents. And for them, it was there from their parents. So we live under the influence of our parents. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Verses, verse 5, I'm going to read verse 5 through 8, but in verse 5 is Paul's letter to Timothy. And he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And that passage kind of sums up the whole different sections of the, of the message this morning. He starts out recognizing the fact that there was an influence in the life of, of, in his life, in the life of Timothy up to this point. That was some of the reason that Timothy was serving God, was following God. How are we influenced? When we look at Scripture, all the way from Eve being influenced to eat the fruit and Adam being influenced by her to eat the fruit, Cain was influenced by envy to kill his brother, the children of Israel many times were influenced by outside influences from other kingdoms that caused them to turn away from God, that caused them to fail, to forsake God. All the way through the Bible, Jesus, the influence He had in the lives of His disciples, um, making soldiers out of them for His kingdom. So those are some we, we can we can look in the Bible and there's there's many examples of of influence. How are we influenced in our day and age? 
And two things I had to think of. Actually, three things. One was heritage. I already kind of touched on that. Our parents. We've been taught these things. We've been given these things. We've been shown how to live. And then our culture. We find ourselves practicing what we do. We, we find ourselves coming to church on, on Sunday morning like this morning when it would make a whole lot more sense to be out on the lake. But here we are. We're worshiping God because of, of, of our cult, the influence that our culture has on us. We put importance on being at church on Sunday morning to worship God, and rightly so. Another thing that influences us in our, in our daily walk is society. The world we live in. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. Um, verse 14 is kind of the, is the verse I'm after. But what, what the writer was, was writing to the church at, to, at Ephesus in this letter was, it was, the subject here was on unity. And as we read this, I would like you to think about how unity is kind of the antidote to what society wants to influence on us. On, on our lives today. Society that we live in today is all about individualism. It wants us to, it wants us to spend money on ourselves for what we want, for what's good for us, to further our agenda in life. And in this, in this letter, Paul was writing here, beginning at, at, at verse 1 in chapter 4, he speaks of what we should be like when it comes to when it comes to pulling together as one unit. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up for far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive us. And verse 15, I'm going to read yet. It comes in with the last section of, what, of, of the message this morning. Uh, in, in, in looking at how 
we need to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. And I'll be speaking more about living about the truth in love. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. You think about a boat that's out on the water on a windy day on a large body of water with absolutely no, no purpose. The boat's going to go wherever the wind tosses it. If it stays upright, it'll eventually wash up on shore somewhere. And that's the picture we get If we don't, if 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 we don't strive to live, as, if we don't have a purpose that we strive for, that's the picture. That's how we'll end up. We'll end up like the boat that's that's blowing across the lake. We need to be in the society we live we live in. We need to be more like a pillar in the water, unmovable, um, anchored to Christ, than a boat that is out there without without. A purpose. Just loose, blowing on the waves. Second section is how do we influence others? First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. And growing up, I never really felt like I was much of an influence to others as a young person. I am... Um, I was always more the type to be the follower. Um, other people were always the, the people that I looked up to. It's just kind of the way I, I looked at things. But in looking back and thinking, thinking about life, I don't think there's ever a time when we're too young to influence others. Um, I look at our children and um, our two-year-old looks up to the four-year-old and tries to mimic her tries to do things she does the way she do things the way Logan tries to do things the way Amber does they start very young you follow people and whenever you are as soon as you're old enough to have to to have someone younger than you are in life you are influencing people 1st Timothy chapter 4 verse 12 Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And this was Paul's um, guidelines for teaching for leaders or for elders, but I think it, it can apply to all of us um, wherever we find ourselves in lives. Like I mentioned, young people have an influence on other young people. Youth have an influence on other youth. Um, you might not think yourself as that much of an influence, but it helps us, I think, if we stop and think about what your actions will cause other people to think is okay. It helps us sometimes to, um, young people, it helps us to um, consider what we're doing. It gives us pause sometimes. think are cool um, as examples when we're young, when we're teenagers. 
And I understand it's not been that long ago that I've been there, but it's way more important to be doing to be doing what is right, to be right with God, than to be cool. Um, and just just think about that, young people, as you as you do things, as you as you choose directions to go in life, um, the influence you're having, what other people are seeing. Mothers, the influence you have is uh, is is an influence. I think that it it can't be measured. There's a saying: the hand that 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 rocks the cradle rules the world. And for my mom, I lived approximately a thousand miles away from my mom from the time I was 22 years old until her passing a year and a half ago. And there was never a doubt in my mind that my mother prayed for me. To know that my mother was a praying mother had an influence on her son's life that I don't think she'll ever understand. Or she'll ever fully realize. I just encourage you mothers, your children may not always do what you would want them to do, but don't give up. Your prayers have an influence on the lives of your children. Fathers, your influence this morning, as I think about my own children and the things that I see them doing at a young age already, it's sobering to me. And it just brings out the fact that more is is caught than taught. There's things that that I hear Amber say that I'm like, okay. And then later, I find myself saying it. A phrase I use or something like that. Children catch a lot of things. And as they grow older, I'm sure they'll catch a lot of reasons of the things they see their dad doing. Your actions speak louder than the word, than your words. And that brings me into the next influence that we have on other people. And that, and that is in what we promote. People, our children see what we promote in life. People see what we promote. It has an influence. And I said to think when I was studying, what did I promote this last week? The definition of promoting is to further the progress of. People see what we pour our energy into, what we pour, what we use our lives for. What did I promote this past week? I had just thought of a few comparisons that I'll read off. Did I promote Jesus as my Savior or my own agenda as the important, as more important? Did I promote biblical teaching for instruction, for life, or what I wanted? For my own personal gain, did that take? Did that? Did was that the thing that I made my decisions on? Did I promote kindness to those in need, or did I promote impatience when tested? Did I promote the kingdom of Jesus Christ or my own agenda? Another thing that we, another way that we influence. People is by what we advertise. And it's a synonym of promote. 
But the definition for advertise is to describe or draw attention to a product, service, or event in a public medium in order to promote sales or attendance. Fun fact about advertisement. In, um, it is estimated that the U.S. ad expenditure, expenditure in 2019 would amount to $240.7 billion. $240.7 billion that people spend on advertisement to try to get people to buy their product or to try to persuade people one way rather than the other. $240.7 billion in 2019, and that was up from $223.7 billion recorded in 2018. People spend a lot of time advertising or promoting a lot of time and money. There's a story about an ice cream truck owner in Los Angeles. Nowadays, you have a lot of, they call themselves influencers, people that get a large following on social media. And they use this following to try to get themselves perks and free stuff. And there's this ice cream truck owner by the name of Joe Nietzsche. His business is called CVT Soft Serve. It stands for Chocolate, Manila, and Twist. And he got so sick of people asking for a free cone so they could take a, pic, a selfie with the free cone. And they'd tell him how many followers they have. And, and he just got tired of it. So he, he puts a post on his Instagram that says, from now on, all influencers will pay double if they ask for a free cone. Hashtag influencers are gross. That's how he dealt with it. He got, he got sick and tired of people trying to, get, trying to get free stuff from him. He said he also he has bills to pay as well. Just some, just some uh, fun facts about, about advertising. How do we as Christians, what, what do we advertise? What are we, um, what, do people, what do people notice about us? Turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Nehemiah chapter 8, we have Ezra here. Um, Nehemiah had gathered the people together to hear Ezra read God's law. It was a time when the, the, the children of Israel, if I, if, I, if, I, if I have my events correct, Nehemiah had come back to Jerusalem. He had found the walls broken down. And he gathered the people together. He wanted to get back on track with doing life right. And he had Ezra set up here to read the law to the people. So he brought them together here. And in verse 10, they were, they were reading here in verse 10, he says, Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Um, with what we've already heard this morning, Sunday school class and the devotional this morning, about about faith in Christ and how faith enables people, enables us. The joy of the Lord, I think we need faith to have the joy of the Lord, but that is, our, the Christian's billboard is his face. 
And, and the joy of the Lord will show on your face. I understand we have days when we don't feel like smiling. But God wants to speak to people through us. And it starts with having, it starts with displaying the, the, the joy of, of the Lord on our face. And that, that must, that comes from having the relationship with, with Jesus Christ that we need to have. Just a quote. Don't wait for people to be friendly. Show them how. Now the last part of the, of the message this morning is living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. When you think of the Holy Spirit and the influence in your life, you think of... My mind always goes to Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going to turn to that. Galatians chapter 5 gives us the list of fruits of the flesh, the works of the flesh, and then the works of the Spirit after that. And I think if we're going to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, if we're going to live... uh, Fruits, live a life with the, whole, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, we, we do need to recognize what, that there's two forces out there. And in verse 19 through 22, I think it is, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I also have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I found it interesting in verse 21, he went over the list and then he said, I've told you guys this before. You know these things. You, you know that these are things that you can't have in your lives. And isn't that the way it is with us today? We've heard this scripture preached to us. We've heard it read to us since we were young. And yet we go out, we leave church on a, Monday, on a Sunday and on a Monday morning we're out there. And if we stop and evaluate some of our actions by Monday noon, it seems like we, should, we, we, we forgot what we heard. And I'm speaking to myself this morning. I'm, as I studied this lesson, I realized that what I, was, what I was putting together here applies to my own life and I need it as much as anybody. But we need to recognize there's two forces vying for influence in our lives. The one is the works of the flesh. The one is the devil who wants to tear us down. And the other one is the fruit of the Spirit. The comparison is as stark as you can get it. But the fruit of the Spirit, in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Looking at that list, I had to think of um, 1 Corinthians in chapter 13. And I'm going to turn to 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read the whole chapter just to refresh our, to, um, refresh our memory on, on the love chapter. The characteristics of love, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. 
rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that, then that which is in part shall be done away with. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now abide faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. You know, too often in life for myself, we know that we know um, the verse, First John chapter 4, verse 20, the verse that says, if we say we love God, but don't love our brother, we're a liar. First John chapter 4, verse 20, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? We, we, we know what the Bible say, says about that, and yet it's so hard for us in life sometimes to be okay with the way a brother lives. With the way the things that aren't that are neither here nor there, sometimes we find we we just find it. You know, we have an opinion. We I find myself judging because the way he he or she does does things isn't the way I would do things. And I just want to ask. Sometimes I want to be like, so you know, God is up there. He's looking down. And he's telling us all to get along and love and and to love each other. But I'm like, you know. Do you really understand what it's like, God, to put up with these people that I live with? And then I had to think. God gave the greatest example of love that there is. He created us, man. And for His own glory. And man revolted. And then He provided His own Son for the sacrifice to bring man back to Him. And there's, there's, no, there's, there's really no questioning whether God knows what love is. And yet, in life, I find myself, sometimes, I, just, I find myself finding it hard to, to love like I should. And I wonder sometimes if it's because of a lack of faith that, that, that's in me. Because I know, I know that God has, what God teaches us, and I know that God knows what love is. But I find myself sometimes, it, it, it's just hard when we find ourselves in situations where, where we think we know better. Google's idea of, and yes, I, I Googled um, what does it mean to love your, what does it mean to love somebody. They had a long, detailed description. I took one sentence out of there. It says, to love is to want the other person's likes or wants more than your own. To love is to want the other person's likes or wants more than your own. Now, we can't take that necessarily at face value because if, if, if that goes beyond what is, what is um, right or ethical or scriptural, we can't do that. But I had to wonder, what would it look like this morning if we all looked out for the other person 
What would what would this what would this church be like? And I'm not trying to say that this church has has a ways to grow. I think the group of people here, we do very well at accepting each other and at practicing the love of God. But it's something that we need to work on. It doesn't come natural for us. It's to put the other person in front of ourselves. You think of love. Love is like the offense in in um, in in comparison to what the world wants to throw at us and and what God wants us to give to the world. If we take love and apply it as an offense in life, we um, we will um, we'll, we'll have the we'll have the advantage when it over over people that don't have love. And it may not seem like it to us. It doesn't seem like it on a daily basis. It doesn't seem like that's giving us the advantage. But at the end of the day, it's what Christ taught and it is it is the right thing to do. What would it look like if we all loved like Christ did? That's all I have for message this morning. I'll just close with a story that I heard here a while back. This lady had a had a car that had some issues with the car. It would only go 40 miles an hour. Um, pedal to the metal and she could only get 40 miles an hour, an hour out of it. So she took it to the mechanic. And um, the mechanic checked it over and he found a whole bunch of acorns or nuts in the, in the air filter. The, the engine wasn't able to get air like it needed to give it more power to go faster. And I just thought that's an example of how it is for us in our lives. We let our, we let our, in, our air intake get clogged up with a bunch of things, with a bunch of nuts sometimes, and it cuts down the influence that the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is like the air that we need into our engine to, to help us move on through life at the rate that we need to, to serve Christ. And I'll just challenge you as you... Um, Go from here this week that you would allow God to speak into your lives. Allow God to guide you. Um, when you're faced with decisions, make them according to what God leads you through His Spirit to make. Let's all kneel for word of prayer. Dear Lord, we come before you this morning. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together like this this morning in your house. Thank you for this day that you have blessed us with, for the beauty of the day. Thank you for each one that is here this morning. And I just pray as we go from here that you would guide us with your spirit and that you would reveal to us your, your will to us this week. And that we would be willing to have our ourselves sharpened by your word and made more effective by what you have for us. Just ask these fairs and blessings in your name according to your will.